It's Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories on how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Kevin Ross over Zoom video. Kevin was born and raised in Washington, D.C., and he talks about how he got into music. His father's side of the family was very, very musical. He started singing at a very early age, around 10, 11 years old is when he started performing in chorus and choir. Kevin ended up attending high school at an arts high school. He didn't even know there was an arts high school in the area, but for a field trip, they had to go see a play at the Duke Ellington School of Arts. He went with his class to see this play, and at that point, he knew he wanted to go to the school. He ends up auditioning, getting into the school while attending his arts high school. A recruiter from Berkeley College of Music came down, and he met this person from Berkeley. So he auditioned, got into Berkeley on a partial scholarship. So he talks all about that. After college, he ended up moving to Atlanta. That's where he got his first ever song placement. He talks about that. He talked to us about signing with Motown Records, eventually leaving the label, and all about his brand new record, Drive 2. You can watch our interview with Kevin Ross on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be super rad if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're an Amazon shopper, a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks. It's super easy. Please head over to our website, bringingitbackwards.com, and click on Amazon each time you begin your purchases. Those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice that will help inspire their own musical journeys. To recap, please head over to bringingitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Kevin Ross. My name's Adam, by the way, and this podcast is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about uh, the new record, Drive 2. Awesomeness, man. Cool, cool. Um, awesome. Well, first off, talk to me about where were you born and raised? Uh, born and raised in Washington, D.C. Uh, my my father's whole side of the family, they sing or play instruments. And so, you know, for me, uh, just being around my pops and him singing at weddings and, uh, you know, churches and stuff like that, that really kind of sparked the whole, like, desire for me to sing. And then mm-hmm. um, as I got a little bit older, you know, going into, like, little talent shows and then, by high school, I went to the art school in, in D.C., Duke to School of the Arts. And that's kind of where I built my foundation and where okay. I, you know, kind of realized that I wanted to, you know, do this for a living. Sure, sure. So did you get into singing like very, very early because your father? Um, I, I'd say that, uh, yeah, I, I love music from a very young age. Um, I didn't start singing in public maybe until you know, 10 or 11 years old or something like okay. that. Yeah. And what about an, an instrument where you put it in like piano lessons very early? No, um, I, I was not. Um, I want to say I really started learning piano like in college. Oh, um, wow. okay. You know, I kind of like, you know, played around with stuff and just kind of like felt out chords. I just didn't know what I was playing and how to play it and, you know, stuff until college. So, um, 
shout out to Berkeley. Did you, well. so did you, did you know an instrument prior to going to Berkeley? Or was no, it all the boys? Uh, I, you know, like I said, I, I, I was playing piano a little bit, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But just, you know, <laughs> not as effective or efficient in the sense of being able to write and, you know, produce at that level, um, okay. you know, in college. So, um, yeah, I think piano has always kind of been with me, uh, but just not on a, you know, proficient level. Sure, sure. Level. Yeah. What you said, 10, 11 was when you started to sing in, in front of people for the first time. Mm-hmm. What, what uh, sparked, like, what made you take that path at, at that age? Was there, were you in like a chorus or a choir or something where you're kind of forced into it or what, when did you start performing? Um, honestly, yeah. I mean, I, I think it wasn't a, a forced thing. It was just more so, you know, kind of like trying to prove what I felt, you know, in my spirit, you know, trying to confirm that to say, okay, right, I, right. Feel different. I feel something like, you know, I, I want to do this. And so, you know, let me try out for, like you said, chorus first. And then let me try out for a solo, see if I can get that. And then, you know, let me, you know, we're at a camp and let's, you know, they're doing the talent show. Let me sing something and see if, you know, I sound good or, you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. what I've been practicing, you know, has been, you know, put to put to good use. So sure. you know, that's kind of where that, that, that came from for sure. So no force, my parents didn't force me. It was just really, you know, um, that the seed that God had put into me, I just kept watering over over time, you know, okay. that it just kind of blossomed from there. Sure. And then how did you get into this arts high school? Is it something you would apply, apply for or? Yeah, so you have to audition. So okay. I'll be honest, I, I didn't even know that art school existed in the city until like, like the year before, you know, okay. I entered in the high school. So it was literally like, you know, like a godsend. Like God was just kind of like, all right, this is this is where you need to be. And I'm going to, you know, uh, there's going to be a field trip where you go to this high school and say, wow, this is in D.C. Like, what how you apply? I wonder, you know, how you get into something like this, you know, and that that was really the that was a seed that was better. Yet another seed that God kind of placed in my, in my life. So and, you went on uh, a, a field trip there? Is yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They did a play. They did a play. Um, and uh, our middle school went to their high school, and I was just like, I've never seen this high school before. I've never even heard of this high school before. And um, yeah, that's what really kind of like sparked my interest. So I had to do like you know, of course, like a um, like an interest exam, and then you had to audition because of the fact that like you had to be somewhat good. Right, of course. Yeah. <laughs> not, not gonna take anyone, right? Nervous. Yeah, I was nervous as heck though, in the sense of just like auditioning. Um, but you know, like once they like let me know that I got in, I was like, oh my gosh, like yes, I was super excited. So sure. Awesome. And where, did yeah. you go in as a singer? Yeah, I went in as a singer. I went in okay. as a singer for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then were you in a, like all of the choirs and choruses and all that through through high school? Yeah, because it was kind of like like we had no choice either. You know what I mean? So like that part <laughs> of high school was just like, all right, you got to do choir. I think right, the, right, the right. other part of it was um, was an ensemble called show choir. Okay. So show choir was something that you 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 wanted to do because show choir happened after school. So um, all of the stuff that I like trained for in high school, like all of the after school programs and trainings and all that stuff, like 
by the time that I hit college, like my schedule, I was able to balance so much. Um, but, you know, at a young age, you don't realize how much that could wear you out too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, going to school at 8 a.m. and then not coming home until 9 p.m. and still having to do homework. And you know what I mean? Like you're doing like 12, 13 hour shifts, like in school, mm -hmm. you know, when like most of my peers that go to other high schools, they'll, you know, they'll tap in at, you know, 8 a.m. and then they'll get out at around two or three. Right. You know I mean, so it was just a whole different, a whole different ball game. Uh, but it was, you know, it was time well spent, time well invested. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you ended up going to Berkeley. Did and was there another audition process? And I'm sure you're of kind course. of yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, like every like every level it was like you know you're auditioning for sure. So um, yet again, God really like to put a representative um at the high school. I didn't even know what Berkeley College of Music was. Didn't know oh, that it okay. was. Yeah, so you know, I was completely oblivious to a lot of the things that would you know enter into my space. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why I really called it a godsend because it wasn't something that it was like, oh, I have to go after this because I've done my research. Like Google, you know, Google didn't necessarily like exist, like it existed, but it right. wasn't as powerful as it is now. Right. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. Um, all I have to say is, um, yeah. So Berkeley came to the school and I was like, wow, it's a contemporary music school. Okay. Cause I didn't want to do classical any anymore. Uh -huh. Um, I knew I could get scholarships for classical, but I was just like, I don't see myself as a classical singer, you know? So let me, you know, go another route and, um, audition for Berkeley. Um, and I auditioned to like get money. So they put me on a partial scholarship. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I wish it was full, but, uh, Partial but work. still, I mean, partial <laughs> works <laughs> out, right? <laughs> exactly, for sure, right? Um, right. So, yeah, and then I ended up going to Boston, man, and, um, you know, spent those four years there just really kind of, you know, sharpening my, sharpening my tool. Did you, or do you write, or did you write, I should ask, in, in high school and, like, your own songs and perform those at all, or is that later in life? Nah, I, I did. I did. Some of my first songs came out through high school, and then, uh, you know, I was just I was just super creative in the sense where like, um, you know, I would I would, you know, have songs that I would do. And then, you know, it was a song that I wrote for another group that was a part of the school, too. And they did their thing as far as like on stage with my song. Oh, so wow. it was a really good experience, you know what I mean, to just kind of, you know what I mean, just start that early as far as being a creative in that sense. Sure. Um, so, so yeah, so it started in high school and then it just kind of carried on to college for sure. It, was that something like aside from writing for like school plays and was that something that you would write songs out and perform them like open mic night stuff around town or is it something that stayed yeah. within the school? Yeah, it was more so within the school. I wasn't okay. I wasn't I wasn't there yet. You know, there was other students that were like just kind of move around the city and stuff like that. I just wasn't I wasn't that guy. Mm -hmm. um i maybe did like maybe one competition one contest like in in like throughout high school like outside of the, the school walls mm -hmm. and um i remember going to it it was like hundreds of people there everybody had to pay so that's you know that was the setup from the start but uh <laughs> everybody had to pay and, you know i had my i had my piano with me and i was like all right i'm saying a house is not a home play and let like legit the first person that went up on stage, like as soon as we heard her, she did like, and I'm telling you, 
uh, you know, the, the Jennifer Hudson. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, OK, so she she wins because I was like, okay. I don't think anybody here is going to to beat that. Like you're looking at the judges like just jumping up and down and throwing shoes and all kind of craziness. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, there's no there's no there's no way I'm beat. you know, there's no way anyone is is winning. Well, you know, we went through the motions, but um, yeah, that was the only time outside of that. Wow. And so did that person end up winning? Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you won your own <laughs> contest, right? You won uh, a contest, was that in college? For Wild Out oh, Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so what happened is um, uh, on, a, on, a, on a network called BET, mm-hmm. um, they had a, a television show called 106 Apart. And so that was like, you know, it was like a really popular show, you know, during that time frame. And, um, you know, I just turned maybe like 18. So I was like of legal age to, to actually be considered to, you know, to participate in the, in the contest. And I knew that the contest was held every Wednesday in New York. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm in Boston. So, you know, it's nothing but like maybe like a three or four hour train ride down. You can knock that out. So uh, my friend, shout out to Bobby Daniels, who coerced me into auditioning. Um, you know, we went and I was like, all right, cool. Well, let's see. And I was like, okay, we like you. Let's, you know, let's put you on the show. Wow. The show. That must have and, been a uh, cool moment. It was a, it was a very cool and overwhelming moment for sure. For sure. And, um, got to the show and contestants like laughed at me cause it was like, he ain't got no dancers. It's just him and his guitar player. Like this looks ridiculous, you know? Uh-huh. And, um, cause during this time, like everybody was like, dancing like chris brown oh uh, sure sure like a dancer and i'm like i'm not a dancer i'm a groover i could do i could do i give you main two-step <laughs> right, right. not an eight count guy so um i went up there with the guitar and i was like you know just due to the energy um you know surrounding the the my competitors um i was like damn you know i'm probably gonna lose because you know obviously i'm i'm, I'm out you know, I'm out of the demographic, but, uh, no, I won. That's <laughs> I crazy. Won. Yeah. I won that. And then I won, uh, the all-star competition for that particular year. I don't remember the year now, but, um, it, I mean, it was like some, some years ago now, but yeah. Yeah. So I ended up winning that. So that was really awesome. So I have, I have a, a, <laughs> a glass like award at home. And they like they messed it up. It was like best group Kevin Ross. I was like, I'm a group queen. <laughs> but now it's ingrained in history as uh, best group, promote, you know, all star best group Kevin Ross. All right, that's so, so good. <laughs> Did that put eyes on you as far as like the music industry? When yeah, you being in that contest. Yeah, for sure. Um, another godsend came, and that was a uh, Troy Taylor. Troy Taylor. Um, he he had Songbook Entertainment. So Songbook was the home of Trey Songs. And so, you know, he reached out to me on MySpace. Uh, really? On yeah, because it's, you know, like during this time, this is like, you know, we're we're stepping into 20, uh, I'm sorry, 2009, 2010. Yeah. Time so Instagram didn't pop off yet. So right. you only had MySpace and Twitter to really interact on and Facebook, but mm-hmm. you know, my space was like the, the, the thing. The cool, yeah. yeah, the yeah. Cool. Right. 
So he reached out on MySpace. That's and, so funny. Uh, began to, you know, we started to converse. And I told him, I said, I had a couple more years of school left. And so once I graduated, um, I went down to Atlanta where he was and then just really started like training, and um, you know, really kind of getting my chops up as a writer uh-huh. and, um, and then vicariously as a producer too. But um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where my career started. Like my career started December... 2011 that was the mark of my first placement December okay what was your first yeah. placement uh jamie fox really um, yeah. wow yeah he had an album called <laughs> what was it called uh best night of my life so it was after it was right after the big album uh i forget what the big album was. i think it was called intuition where it had yeah. flame in all okay. the hits yeah yeah, yeah yeah so it was the album after that that no one remembers <laughs> But nonetheless, <laughs> still Jamie Foxx. Everyone knows Jamie Foxx. Yeah, Fox. still Jamie. I still met him. We still recorded in this house. So that's you know, cool. It, it counts for something. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely <laughs> counts for something. Yeah. <laughs> so from that, did that kind of help uh, jumpstart your career? Once you land the first placement, was it? Did you start writing for other artists at this point? No, no. Oh really? Um, it was. It, it was quite a battle uh, after that too. Okay. Um, honestly, I got the Jamie uh, placement, but it came, but it came with some, it came with some, some stuff too with it in a sense where, um, you know, I landed the placement, I bought the CD, looked at the cover, my name was nowhere to be found. Like they didn't give me no writer's credit, and I was like, "What is going oh, on?" Oh man, they, they, they fixed it, you know, as far as like, but it, it taught me a valuable lesson of making sure that my lawyer checks everything regardless of you know, who's your publisher or whatever the case may be. Right, of so that course. Was, you know, that was lesson number one. Music 101, you know, so... Uh, Make sure your I name's on the record to get credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, but, but then also, too, you know, it was just kind of like, um, you know, then after that, um, I would start working with a lot of producers, you know, uh, Brian Michael Cox and... Um, uh of course troy of course um i'm trying to think of like it was so many different people Damn, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of people within atlanta during that time that i was just like connecting with uh what's his name uh sock passe who, who ended up doing um who's gonna stop me by jay-z and uh kanye or even like uh, as of recently coming in hot lecrae and uh wow. Andy Mineo. um so i worked with a whole bunch of people but it didn't really click after that until maybe like a year or so after. Um, then I started to get more placements again with Johnny Gill and SWB and all this stuff. And then by that time, um, I was writing my own music and um, I ended up getting a deal uh, for okay. myself as an artist at a Motown. And so, wow. you know, that that process was uh, quite a long one. Uh, oh, I'd imagine. Or at, least, at least it felt like forever. I'll say that. <laughs> <It felt> like, <laughs> It felt like forever, man. I was like, wow. You know, you get signed in 2012 or 2013. And, you know, you're just like going through the motions of it. You know, you don't really hit the scene. Or I don't really hit the scene. I do a commercial with Blade at the end of 2014. Uh-huh. Um, and that was kind of like my introduction to music or just, you know, just the, the industry as an artist. Which is kind of, that was my Getting that Glade commercial? In the Glade commercial, then opening up for Maxwell and wow. Neo, you know, and that was really within like a you know two or three month 
you know, Spain. Was that when you put your record out too, Dialogue in the Gray? Yeah, yep, yep. September 2014 was when Dialogue in the Gray came out. So, you know, that was a whole string. Like, so, like the fall, oh, I'm sorry, the summer and fall of 2014 was like extra lit for me because that was going on, like opening up for people, the Glay commercial. And then I like, I scored my first number one with Trace Songs, uh, Rhythmic and Urban with Touch and Love and featuring Nicki Minaj. So I was like, oh, like this is, this is going down. <laughs> like, right, yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a lot, uh, a lot of moving parts, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff happening um, during that time. So it was, it was really, really awesome. Great start, a great start. Very, yeah, for sure. And then you, the next record you put out was uh, Long, Long Song Away, right? Yeah, which was legitimately a long song away. Um, you know, after like that great string of like moments, like then came like a year and a half of just kind of like restructuring and like just getting things together. Cause you know, the people that I was with just didn't feel like we had the we had the music and we didn't have the songs. And lo and behold, we had we had the songs already. You know, Long Song mm-hmm. Away was created in 2013, like early. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we were just sitting on it. Um, and, you know, I guess after a while, they were just like, okay, well, we're not getting what we want. So I guess we can, we're going to work Long Song Away. And then lo and behold, you know, that goes number one on um, adult R&B, you know. So that was, that was really awesome. That's huge. And then your debut record comes out. Debut record comes out March 2017. Yep. What was that like putting out your like full length record? <laughs> it was it was really cool, man. It was really cool. I you know the the thing that you know I I was grateful because I I beat the odds, you know, because I heard the statistics, you know, being signed to a major label, you know, ninety five percent of the artists that are signed to major labels never come out. They never release anything, right? Right. Um, they just get so shelved, or they, yeah, they yeah. go back and forth with the label, probably like, oh, this song isn't good enough. You need yeah. to write better songs. Yeah, I can imagine that being a battle. Yeah, so, you know, I beat the odds there. And then, you know, to, to, to make it to your debut album, I beat the odds there as, as well. Um, I, I think because I put so much energy and, and work and effort into it that um, when, I seen the, when I seen the CD, when I'm looking at it and it's like executive produced by all these names that weren't mine, and I was just like, huh wait what's going on you know and it wasn't necessarily a surprise i agreed to that um you know but in 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 hindsight it was like you know what like i deserve i deserve that executive producer credit you know what i mean right like right like that, you know that that time and that energy that that was that was placed into it um you know so all that to say is grateful but i look at that album as a lesson learned you know, I look at that to say, wow, it's a lot of cook's kitchen, a lot of stuff moving around that I felt like we could have made the album a lot better mm-hmm. than what it was. I think it was a great attempt. It was a great first attempt. Um, but knowing knowing what I know now, yeah, even then, you know, I feel like it could have been uh, so much better. Okay. And you put out, then you put out Drive. That was your last record with with Motown. Yeah. Yeah. Drive was my last record with Motown. And that, that, that was kind of the, 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 the turning point. That was a turning point for me to say, 
they actually allowed for me to do a project or a body of work on my own. So oh, they did uh, on that one. Yeah. So, well, granted, you know, they were like kind of, they were asleep at the wheel. Let's just okay. say that. <laughs> and <laughs> you were the driver. The <laughs> and I, and I, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, like I, I think, uh, you know, to, to me, it was just kind of like, you know, I delivered a project that was very cohesive that the bass that I had during the time really thoroughly enjoyed and it was streaming very well. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, after that, it was just kind of like, all right, well, we don't have any support as far as from radio. Like you guys are saying we're tapped out financially with just Kevin Ross endeavor. Um, and then, you know, my champion that brought me into the building, they leave. And so oh, you know, I've heard I'm horror like, stories with that happening because then like the other a &Rs, right? Like you're not their priority. Exactly. Anymore. So I, so I, you know, I saw the writing on the wall. So I asked for my release and uh, they were just like, wait, what? Like things are going well. Like we're getting nominated for all this stuff. Best of mm -hmm. artists, I heart music awards. This and that. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, but the ties are changing. So you know, I'm asking for my release. And they, they didn't release me for about like a year and a half. Really? Kind of, hmm? But so I mean, did they, you they just not release up. stuff? Were you just like kind of, did you have to sit on your hands at this point or like what, uh, yeah, what happened? Yeah, I definitely sat on my hands. You know, thank God I had like the, the mashup structure where I could, you know, do tributes to people and just kind of keep my social media, you know what I mean? A little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but as far as musically, I, I wasn't going to release anything new just because of the fact that um, if I bent in any kind of way, I wouldn't have been taken serious in what right. I was trying to do and what I was trying to accomplish. Um, so, you know, I had to sit on my hands as it pertains to music. And I had a lot of music. Mm -hmm. I just didn't have the, the support. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when an artist that you're supposed to care about with a little roster and you say, hey, I don't want to be here anymore, you know, and... Uh, you know, the president of the company doesn't reach out until months later, you know, I've already made up my mind. I've already made up my decision. So even if the, you know, the thing was, Hey Kev, you know, we, we really want you here. We really support you. We want you to do, you know, the best that you could do as far as within your career. But if you, if it takes you two or three months to answer back, you know, mm -hmm. I've already kind of made up my mind to say, I'm not a priority. And you know what I mean? And respectfully, you know what I mean? Like, we went our separate ways, but just like, you know, if you, if you ask somebody to break up with you, if you're asking to break up with someone and they're not ready, um, you know, they're going to give you a little bit of a hard time, you know, or to try right. to take the steam and momentum off of you um, so that, you know, you're not necessarily, you know, viable, commercially viable. So, mm -hmm. you know, I understood that when I started my independent endeavors, I, I started at zero. Um, which was, which was, you know, it was a gift and a curse at the same time, more so a gift. Um, but yeah, so shout out to Motown for letting me go, regardless of how long it took, you know, I know that they didn't <laughs> have to, you know, cause business wise, they didn't have to do that. They could have kept right. me on the shelf forever. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and not allow for me to move. So I'm, I'm grateful for them for even allowing for me to be released, um, to do the things that I needed to do. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, and yeah, and now we're we're here at our society music group. So I'm I'm extremely excited. That's amazing. You put out yeah. two projects last year. Um and then three. you three projects last year? Yeah. yeah three oh projects. wow. Yeah. Um, Audacity, Audacity Volume One, Volume, volume two, two. And, two. Mm -hmm. and what was and the it, other 
and then uh, it was Audacity Complete in December. So oh, it was okay. Like, uh, you know, just like just, uh, wrapping it with a bow and, and finishing off that, uh, you know, series. Okay. And then is that what took you back to Driver 2 now? Like, yeah. Like, tell so, me how that kind of picks up. Like, so you had Driver done, and then how do you, you have a whole, you know, series of, of records, the Audacity series come out in a row, all mm-hmm. in, within 2020, and then you're back now to Driver. Or yeah, Drive, sorry. So drive. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> drive, yeah, Drive 2. Um, honestly, I wasn't, I wasn't looking to make Drive 2. It was, you know, it wasn't like, you know, when I started the process, it was like, yep, yeah, I want to make Drive 2. It was okay. more so to say, you know, let's just make, let's just see what records we come up with. And, you know, it just started there. And, and I was going to say, you know, let the music kind of, you know, be, let the music speak to what the concept will be, you know, mm-hmm. and then we'll, we'll build from there once we have the core records. And um, I did like this survey um, where, you know, my peers and stuff could like really listen to the music. And the one record that really stood out was Looking for Love. And I was like, that's interesting. Um, you know what? You know, let's use this as a core record because, you know, if I've sent this out, that means that I, I care about their opinion. So let's mm-hmm. use that as a focus track. And the next record that I did was called Sweet Release. And so from there, with those two, those, those pairing, that pairing um, allowed for me to say, oh, okay, this is drive to. This, this feels like this kind of vibe musically. And it just gave me a sense of direction to say, this is how this record is going to go from here on out. This is how we're going to, you know, segue different things. So once we were, once we were out the blocks, you know, it made, it made it a lot easier to, you know, do my bad. I'm getting my, uh, my charger. So oh, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, wow. Well, I'm, I'm curious then with, with COVID happening, I mean, to put out three records in one year, but the first part of it came out in 20, the beginning of 2020. So was the whole Audacity project complete in 2019? Or was this something that you kind of continually put together throughout the course of the last year? And then when do you start working on Drive 2? Um, yeah, so Audacity, the majority, the majority of Audacity was done before COVID even hit. I okay. knew that I was going to break it up into two segments. Um, I just thought that 2020 would be a, a year where we would be free enough to do what we needed to do. But, you know, things changed. And, and so I needed to adjust to that. Uh-huh. Um, so once the first project came out and then COVID hit, and I was just like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know when's going to be a good time for me to release music. Um, so, you know, we waited a while for that. Um, and then um, I added a couple records on for Drive, I mean, not for Audacity Volume 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we put that out. And I want to say it was August or something like that in 2020. And then, okay. you know, we just kind of finished it off with complete in December. And after after December, I want to say December 31st or January 1 was when I legit started recording the new music. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't really too much of a time lapse. It was like right into the next project. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to, you know, just, you know, stay ahead of it. Cause you know, uh-huh. I, I know the process of um, staying ahead of it. And you know, January, February, um, just creating music. And then once we really kind of got locked in, I, I think Drive 2 concert didn't get locked in until maybe April. Okay. April 2021. 
But by that time, I had Looking for Love, and, you know, that was kind of the record that I was really aiming towards anyways. So by May, um, we were, you know, set to do the video. You know what I mean? Like, the whole shebang. Right, right, right. Get ready for radio. So by July, when it came out, we had already kind of had a plan, you know, in place for how we wanted to execute Looking for Love. And, you know, we left the rest up to God to say, all right, you know, we, we did our part and we sold. And so, you know, let's keep it moving and we're going to see what this harvest is going to be for Looking for Love eventually. Would you say that uh, Drive 2 kind of picked up at all where the first one left off? Or like, how come you can, how come it's the second you know, the second part to the, to that record that was, you know, from 2017. Well, it's, it's because it's a, it's a familiar sound. Got in it. A sense like, and it's a familiar flow. Mm-hmm. And it's that's where like, if people listen to drive one, they understand how I started it and how I start drive two. not, not too similar, but like they're kin to one another. Versus sure. audacity is his own, like it's his own thing. Audacity is his own identity that's just like paint, just wild paint on the wall, right? right. So, which is which is great. Uh, but drive two is more focused, it's more centered, it's more musically soothing. You know, it's a certain like sonic, you know, area that I'm really like targeting that is kin to the first. So I knew okay. that this was going to be the extension. And I think I'm going to drive to, I think, truly from, from rollout wise, music to growth, you know, is, is far better than, um, you know, the, the first, you know, and I'm very proud of the first one, but mm-hmm. I'm looking at this one and it's like, and it could be because it's new, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, you know, sometimes you got to give it some life to really see what you got to say, uh, that was a bad that was a bad song. Uh, that didn't age well. So, you know, it is. Yeah. Have you had a chance to perform at all in the within oh, the past man. year and a half? Yeah, I just started performing maybe like a couple of months ago. I think we started we started in Detroit and then we did Chicago and then we did um hmm I forget the place that we did in uh I want to say it was either Illinois. Illinois or some somewhere I forget I forget okay or um <laughs> and then um we ended up doing just just recently we did a string of shows Oakland oh, Dallas man. um Delaware this Friday we have DC and then uh, well, that'll be big like a homecoming show yeah, for you that's gonna be awesome so it's two shows and it's two shows too so it's, it's like it's really awesome that um, is so and great. then um what else? We have uh, we have uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, and then Atlanta, Georgia, um, and then we have Hampton, Virginia, in December. And so yeah, we're just you know trying to just tie it all together. And you know this is me working out because I'm, I'm working out the vocals and working out the show. And you know of course giving people the show, but most importantly just making sure that moving forward that you know where whatever we do moving on that is cohesive, it's solid, you know, what songs people like, you know, what people gravitate towards. And just like a comedian, you know, when they go to different comedy stores and comedy shops and stuff like that, like they call it working out, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, or they call it stretching out. So for musicians, 
who should have the we should have the same kind of right to stretch out and, and work out our set um so that when we hit bigger stages theaters and arenas um we have a you know we have a tighter set i love that i love that and i and i'm and i really appreciate you taking time to to talk with me today kevin this has been great um i have one more question i want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists um yes i do i do i do i do um a couple of things first um to know your power, you have to understand how powerful you really are before you distribute your power to other people. Um, so understand how powerful you really are, first and foremost. Have a vision set in place um, and then make sure that you sow the seeds in order to reap the harvest. So, you know, whether that is putting time into the studio, whether that's writing, whether that's production, whatever that you do creatively, Make sure that you put in the hours of practice. Make sure that you put in the hours of collaborating with people so that, you know, when the opportunity presents itself, you are ready and you have enough skills in order to execute by any means necessary. Um, and then also, uh, you know, if you ever feel like you're plateauing, and I, and I learned this from a, you know, a pastor by the name of Mike Todd, um, is, you know, if you ever hit a plateau, that you make sure that you sow into other people. That means that you give your time, you, you know, whether it's, you know, the energy, whether it's monetarily, but give your time to other people who may need it, where you can be of assistance, you know, be a blessing to others too when you feel like you can't do any more for yourself. God is working in that area so that he can raise you up and lift you up. Um, but for the time being, try to be a blessing to others um, in the meantime and between time because you never know, you know, how your community can help when your moment happens again, or, you know, when you're ascending to another peak. Um, then yes, you know, this life and this career is peaks and valleys. So don't get caught up on one mountain when you, are, you know, when you got nine to climb. So enjoy the journey. <laughs>